Yo, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Isaiah K Podcast. Welcome back. Big time episode. I'm back. I'm ready. I'm locked and loaded. We have um, <clears throat> we have quite a few things to get into. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Um, I was my Super Bowl week leading up to Super Bowl week. My week was jam packed. I had uh, I went on a multitude of different po- podcasts and platforms and so forth. So <laughs> you guys couldn't even hear from me in my comments and my thoughts leading up to the game. But I will certainly break down what I think and how I felt the game went. Um, so a great Super Bowl 57. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, it was a great, great, memorable game and matchup. I know some people were like, uh, some of the calls questionable at the end and so forth but we're gonna actually get into the meat and potatoes of the game and and just just essentially like what happened what happened to the philadelphia eagles what would what were the hiccups um obviously the chiefs greatness mahomes andy reed they reign supreme and so forth so we'll get to that um but first and foremost i'm your humble and highly favorite host isaiah kit isaiah kit of the isaiah kit podcast um so you guys know how we do it. Um, this will be a, I'm going to say, this could be a Thursday episode. Thursday episode. So Thursday episode. Um, I'm also planning an episode this weekend. Um, a lot of some NBA talk. I'm going to bring my guy on, no layups. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I can get him on and so forth so we can talk some NBA. But furthermore, um, let's get into it. Shouts out to everybody listening. If you're a first-time listener, shouts out to you. Um, big, big, big ups to the the you know the the returning listeners the regular listeners the listeners that spread the pod around that spread the you know that gets gets the pod moving and so forth greatly appreciate it so let's get into it super bowl 57 the chiefs win patrick Mahomes super bowl mvp and i picked the like i said leading up super bowl week i pick i went on a couple people's podcasts and platforms and so forth i picked the chiefs I thought the Chiefs secondary was going to be a big part of the game. I thought the Chiefs being able to get a turnover or two would be a big part of the game. I thought offensively it was important for the Kansas City Chiefs to be able to effectively run the football. I thought that was I thought that was the the keys and the big time notable aspects of the game that I thought if Kansas City was going to have to, if they were going to win those things will have to play, take place. Their secondary will have to play well. Obviously, they were going to have to stop the run. That's that's no brainer. But maybe getting a turnover or two, and then offensively being able to run the football. Well, hell, do you, don't you know it? Kansas City defensively, they got situational stops. They were getting bludgeoned on the running game, but they got like I said, they got situational stops. The secondary did start to tighten up, and then also. They got a turnover. They got a scoop and score. Then you look at offensively, Kansas City was able to run the football effectively, especially in the second half. Everything offensively was connecting and clicking with Kansas City in terms of their run game and then just offense. And like anything on offense was just going. Anything that Kansas City called offensively was working. It was positive. They never got behind the chains. They like it was very rare. When Kansas City, especially in the second half, where they were behind the chains. So let's get into it. We knew Philly, coming into the game, we knew Philly was really good. We knew they were really good and talented. 
if you're counting Pro Bowl alternates, they had 17 Pro Bowl alternate Pro Bowlers and Pro Bowler alternates. If you're including the alternates, they had eight Pro Bowlers, nine Pro Bowl alternates. This Philly team, and I, and this is not this is not nothing to take away from from them because I think they will remain good. Because they like the the amount of assets that they have on top of the talent that they are the young talent at that that it's a mixture of veteran talent and young talent, but with the talent with the mixture of talent that Philadelphia has, and the assets the future assets that they have to come, they're gonna be good. They're gonna remain to be good, and they might find themselves back in a situation like this again. But this Philadelphia team had one of the smoothest paths to the Super Bowl that I can remember any team having, like, in recent memory. Like, they had one of the smoothest paths. Now, that's not to say they were fraudulent. That's not to say they didn't deserve to be there. That's not to say everything that they accomplished in going 16-3 and three or 16-4 and four to end, you know, throughout this season. Like, no, none of that goes in vain. But after watching the Super Bowl, a couple weeks after watching the Super Bowl, you're not going to be able to tell me or convince me that this Philadelphia's this Philadelphia defense was a bit tad bit overrated. That's that would be a hard sell for me because they were a couple weeks ago. Um, I talked about after the Mahomes and Joe Burrow showdown after the conference championship. After Kansas City had beat uh, Cincinnati, after Philadelphia had beat the 49ers, obviously I talked about those games, but then I explained the dynamic that I am now seeing and analyzing within both conferences, the AFC and the NFC. The AFC is full of great, young, talented quarterbacks. And not all of them, not, like, not all of them are necessarily quote-unquote young but the AFC is full. It's filled with great quarterback play, like really good to great quarterback play. Obviously, Mahomes. But then you think of Joe Burrow. Then you think of Trevor Lawrence. You think of Josh Allen. You think of Justin Herbert. And then you got guys like Lamar Jackson. You still have guys like Deshaun Watson, who are phenomenal, who are phenomenal talents. And then not to mention whoever else. It, it, we'll see if their car remains in the AFC. We'll see if um. Maybe, maybe the AFC, maybe an AFC team goes after Aaron Rodgers. Who knows? But the quarterback pool in the AFC, it's really deep, and it's great. It's great quarterback play in that conference. And I broke down the AFC is filled with great quarterback, good to like really good to great quarterback play. And when I look at the dynamics of the NFC, it's filled with. Talented, really talented rosters. When you look, when you think about the 49ers, you think of how deep, how talented they are. You think of the Eagles, how deep, how talented they are. Um, or talented teams with well, with really good coaches. I think there's some great coaching in the NFC. I think there was some great coaching in the NFC this past year. I look at, like I said, Philadelphia. You look at the 49ers. You look at uh, Minnesota. I thought they, like Kevin O'Connell for his, this being his first year, he did a really good job. Dan Campbell, Brian Dayball, who was the coach of the year. There was some there was some terrific examples of really really good coaching and there in in the NFC also some really talented rosters. 
not the best quarterback play. And that goes in my and that goes into my point. Philadelphia all year long, they dominated mediocre offenses and quarterback play within the NFC. Point blank period. They dominate like if you look at their schedule, and it's and this is what I talked about all throughout the regular season, because I would I would also add that I would I would be I would question Philly. I would like, can Philly win in a multitude of ways? Philly was the best, they were the best team in terms of opening drives. Philadelphia was the best team in the league. They scored the most points on open in, in they, they scored the most points than any other team in the league on opening drives. They so they got off to really quick starts. And their style of football, their brand of football is so unique offensively. They run the football. They're going to run the football down your throats, and then that's going to open up the passing game. So with Philadelphia, they would dominate and take advantage of mediocre offenses and quarterback play within the NFC. And all year long, they even including the playoffs, they played Daniel Jones and the Giants three times. They played the 49ers, who great team, but by the end of the game, Christian McCarthy was taking wildcat snaps. They didn't they the 49ers didn't have an able quarterback. So Patrick Mahomes was literally for the Eagles, he was their he was this is the best quarterback play. This is the best offense they've seen. And if you look at some of the some of the better quarterbacks that the, the Eagles faced this year, you look at Aaron Rodgers. Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes. You know how many points per game they gave up versus those quarterbacks? And combined, 33 and a half points per game get given up. So we look at so you look at what happened and what transpired in the second half. First, Patrick Mahomes was damn near literally perfect. Like literally, he played a perfect second half. He had one incompletion. That incompletion was a throwaway. Every drive in the second half, the Chiefs scored on. They, the Chiefs, they they allowed no sacks from this dominant Philly D line. No sacks given up. And then, if you really think about it, I mean, people thought Philadelphia was better coming into this game. They had more talent, and in the first half, it kind of looked that way. The defense in the first half didn't have to do much. Philly's defense didn't have to do much because guess what? The offense was controlling time of possession. And if you just look at some of these numbers, you would have thought like, man, you Philly time, like Kansas City, they only had the ball for 24 minutes. But Patrick Mahomes managed to score 38 points in 24 minutes. But you go back and you look at some of the stats and some of the numbers um, from this Super Bowl, you would have thought that, hey, Philadelphia, they're the better team. Philadelphia had more first downs. Philadelphia had more third down conversions. They had more plays. They had more drives. They had more passing yards. They had more total yards. And they killed in time of possession. So you're wondering, like, what the – like – how did Philly lose this game? Well, Philly lost this game with first the turnover. But then also, when Kansas City was on the field, every time literally they were on the field, they they damn near scored every possession. And that was the case. That was the point in case in the second half. And we can talk about Philly and how 
I can, can I can continue to ramble and on and on about Philly and the quality of offenses that they have played this year, which I think kind of played into the performance of what you saw in the, on on in the Super Bowl, where you look at it, you could tell they benefited off of dominating on mediocre offenses. That's what happened. And leading up to the Super Bowl, <clears throat> roster for roster, unit for unit, position by position, Philadelphia, they had a lot of the advantages going their way, pointing in their direction. But I said the two the two most important positions that I feel in, ter- in terms of a game of this magnitude is first the quarterback position and coaching. And guess what? Kansas City, they had both. They had both in their favor. Obviously, Kansas City had the better quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts played phenomenal, but Patrick Mahomes reigned supreme. And then, like I said, in the second half, he was 13 for 14. He was completely, literally, as perfect as you can get. And then coaching, Andy Reid, Nick Sirianni, Andy Reid all day long, and Andy Reid showed you why he is – Andy Reid showed you why he is looked upon as one of, if not – and I will say, if not, the greatest play caller slash play designer that this league has ever seen offensively. That's what you saw. Kansas City had three things going their way, experience, quarterback play, and coaching. You can tell with the longer extended halftime, Kansas City was able to like literally that first drive that Kansas City, that first drive of the second half, you could tell like that was that was very much scripted. The 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 utilization of the motioning of players and the player movement and moving the pocket and funny running schemes, like absolutely phenomenal. And I'm I'm all, I already have started like diving into the tape of certain of what I saw from Kansas City. But, like, you dive into the tape, it's completely remarkable of what Andy Reid, like, noticing Philadelphia's tendencies, because Philadelphia has a tendency, they're secondary, they cheat, they bite on a lot of motioning and player movement. And that's what you saw. Like, you, you people were wondering, like, I was watching a game, and some people that was wa- I was watching it with, they were like, how does Travis Kelsey, how does 87 get so open? And I'm like, well, the the obviously players are slipping, but they're they're just simply motioning him. And he's he's supposed to be a decoy. But like these are just tremendous. It's tremendous route running. It's tremendous play design, play creation. And then Mahomes is just Mahomes. So like my that that furthers into my point where Philadelphia all year long. They capitalize and they were able they were able to dominate some pretty mediocre offenses and get away with uh and, and, and mediocre offenses in quarterback play, like really average mid quarterback play. That's what it was. Like playoff run, even their schedule was one their schedule was one of the easiest in the league. So like you all of that combinated into what we saw on Sunday. And then also you add in the fact that when, and this is just the mere fact. A- Andy Reed is one of 
like I said, if not the greatest play designers and play callers in league history offensively. You mix that with the talent and the creativity and just all of the skills and the, the like the skill like the skill set of Patrick Mahomes. You have a dom- you have a duo that's that's gonna be pretty hard to stop and that's gonna dominate this league. And I've said this time and time again. I've said this time and time again about Kansas City and I like all offseason. They lost Tyreek Hill. People, people, we raved up the AFC West and the other teams in the AFC West because some of the moves that they were making. And we looked at Kansas City and we were like, this is a reload year. Nobody expecting to win the Super Bowl. Um, Kansas City is that damn good, and they're gonna be they're gonna be around for a long time. With the like I said, the mixture of Andy Reid being the greatest play caller, designer offensively, mixed with Patrick Mahomes' skill set, his abilities, his talents, his elusiveness, his awareness, the tangibles, the intangibles. It's gonna be pretty hard to stop. It's gonna be pretty hard to stop. Just like how in the eighties, you the you take the mixture of Bill Walsh's play innovation, play creation with Joe Montana and his clutchness and his smoothness and his poise and his swagger. It's going to be pretty hard to stop. You get four Super Bowls out of it. <laughs> like, you get Belichick's defensive-minded, def- like crafty defensive mind and schemes and just being a defensive genius, and you mix that with Tom Brady's clutchness, poise, fundamentals, his drive, it's going to be pretty hard to stop. And that's right now, That's what you're witnessing right now in Kansas City. That's what it is. That's what you saw in Super Bowl 57. That is a, that is a 8, 17, 18 minute synopsis of what you saw in Super Bowl 57, why you saw it, and why was the, out, why was the outcome the outcome. That's what it was. Okay, so more on uh, Super Bowl 57. Um, let's talk about, I think I talked, I don't know if I brought it up, but the way how the game ended. People, and I'm sure Philly fans, Eagle fans, Chiefs haters, <laughs> um, we're not fans of that call. And I'd be the first to tell you, it was the right call. It was the right call. I don't, I, the argument isn't, um, the argument isn't like, hey, was it a whole like no like it doesn't matter what angle you watch it from there's two different there's two different times separate times that he that James Bradbury who's a really good corner he he like he holds him he holds him it's it's stuff like that he holds him so that's i don't think that's the question i think for here's my thing i don't like it when fans get mad at like calls like this you get mad at right calls being called but you don't like it because of the timing of it and instead of overlook instead of complaining and talking about the call let's look at how philadelphia had the they, philadelphia made the two biggest mistakes all game First, I talked about it. Jalen Hurts' fumble. 
He played he, Jalen Hurts played really, really well in this football game, but his fumble was really, really crucial. That was a big time blunder, and his fumble wasn't only just a fumble; it was a scoop and score. So that's seven more points tacked on to Kansas City. On top of the 31 that Mahomes put up, that the, that Mahomes and the offense put up in the 24 minutes, in the 24 minutes they were only on the field. Second blunder, special teams. Philadelphia, there's been some people, there's been some really, there's been some, like Sean Payton, I think, mentioned it. Philadelphia's special teams isn't the greatest. Hasn't been the greatest all year. Philadelphia special that that Kadarius Tony pump return was huge. Kansas City had a couple of returns which were huge. AFC Championship game, they had they had they had a special teams return was huge versus Cincinnati. So we can complain. I like fans. They complain. We, you know, fans want to complain about the call because when the call was made, but it was the actual right call. Like, no, there's no one, unless you're just being delusional or stuck up and just mad or being like, there's no one that can tell me or can convince me that they don't think that's a holding call. Like, it's certainly a holding call. And I know people are like, oh, you don't make that call at that at that point of the game. Sure. Sure. Okay. But there's other aspects of the game where the game wasn't lost there. The game was lost. Philadelphia losing the Super Bowl. Like, it was lost when Kansas City was running the football better than Philly. And that's Philly's thing. Philly is the Philly was the team coming into this game where we like, oh, Kansas City, they gotta they gotta be able to stop Philadelphia's running attack. Cause we know that's what Philly loves to do. So the game was lost when Kansas City was averaging six six yards per rush. That's when the game was lost. The game was lost when Philadelphia's defense was actually getting carved up and Kansas City was on the field. When Patrick Mahomes was actually on the field. That's when the game was lost. The game was lost in the, in the coaching matchup when Nick Sirianni and Andy Reid, and Andy Reid came out, made some great second-half adjustments, Nick Sirianni uh, really didn't. Defense couldn't, like, after the first second-half possession from Kansas City, from that point on, defensively, if you're Philadelphia, you have to figure out what the hell is going on. So that's when the game was lost. The game was not lost when the holding call by James Bradbury was called, which was the right call, and now you're just getting mad because it was just, you know, the timing was a bit unfortunate. Was it the right call? Yes. Was the call made? Yes. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? I know. I know. I know. I know. It hurts because it's such a. it was such a perfect game. It had a perfect flow to it. Everything was going well. Had like you like we just we were just hoping, romanticizing for romanticizing over the great finish, the 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 Disney finish, right, right. And it just ended like that. But it's like, no, fans. I don't like it when fans get mad. Like I see all the time with NBA fans. There could be a call at the end of the game. And NBA fans will blame the refs for that loss. 
But then I look, I'm like, your your team missed 12 free throws. They had 19 turnovers. <laughs> they got they got out rebound. So I'm like, uh, like, okay, you you're gonna blame the refs, but like your team like left 12 points on the board. Like he like literally they missed 12 free throws. There was 19 turn like it's just stuff like that. So like Eagles fans, you can go down to the grave, you can cry, like you can complain about it, but no. Your coach got out coached thoroughly. Your defense got outplayed thoroughly. You had the two biggest mistakes of the game. You turned over the football in the game where it was a shoot, like usually in shootouts, because that's a, that's what it was. In high scoring affairs and shootouts, you know the team that ends up winning is the team that that actually keep that that like they don't turn over the football. That's the team that win. That's the team that usually wins shootouts. Is the team that can keep the football safe. So Philadelphia, they had two of the biggest blunders in this game, and like I said, the fans are gonna talk about it all day long, all year long. They're not gonna the the, fan, the Eagle fans are never gonna give it up, but they're mad over a call that was actually the right call, and the timing was just a bit unfortunate. Point blank. Period. All right, so um, more on the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Um, and I'm gonna talk about Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> uh, so now he's a now. Here's this. Hear this out. In his five years of starting, this might be like the best five year start, like oh, the best start start to a career in NFL history. Here it is. Five years, five Pro Bowls, two All Pros, two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs. Two-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time Super Bowl uh, champ, um, offensive player of the year, five straight conference championship appearances, three conference championships, and like I said, already two chips. Um, a sixty-four and sixteen record. He has twenty. All he has. Just over twenty four thousand passing yards, with one hundred and ninety two touchdowns and forty nine interceptions in five years, in five seasons. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you this all the time. I was talking about this. Tom Brady, as a quarterback, has had the best career. Like that's the blueprint. That that is that is the top of the top. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback talent I've ever seen. And when we have these GOAT conversations and these GOAT talks, um, the one thing that I think gets me every time in with Michael Jordan is moments. Michael Jordan has those great moments. Literally, every NBA Finals that Michael Jordan played in, you can pinpoint a particular play or moment that stands out from literally every NBA Finals. The every NBA Finals that he's played in, there is a moment that's like, yeah, that's that's why he's Michael. And literally, unlike a lot of 
because there's a lot of quarterbacks that put up numbers and that's like crazy productive. Like we have, we have like maybe like 10 to like 13, 14 quarterbacks, like from a year to year basis, they put up statistically some pretty good looking numbers. But then when you think of Patrick Mahomes, and I think he's, I think he's the guy, he's the court, he's the guy at the quarterback spot where no matter how big, how small the moment is, no matter what's going on around him, uh, it could be a depreciating offensive line. Um, by the way, the Chiefs' offensive offensive line was really, really good in the Super Bowl, not allowing any sacks. But it doesn't matter. Even we saw in the AFC Championship game, you could be down three receivers, trailing. Doesn't matter. He like we have seen him in all types of in this five year span. He's been put in all types of crazy situations and predicaments in win, lose, or draw. The Chiefs can lose. He still shows up every single damn time. And obviously when they win, he shows up every single damn time. Every single time. You cannot count out Patrick Mahomes. You can't. And he is the one player in this league that is dependable every moment. Every big game, you can expect that he will play well. It's not a matter of will he play well. It's just a matter of, like, what's the what the result is going to be. Like, is he going to play well and the Chiefs win? He's going to play well and the Chiefs lose? Like, it's just a matter of the result as a team. But Patrick Mahomes is going to be there. He's going to show up every moment. And like I said, I think the defining play, the defining moment in this Super Bowl was him scrambling for 26 yards. I think it was a 26-yard scramble to set up and get the Chiefs within the end zone, within the red zone um, on that final possession. That's the standout play. It's on the bad ankle. He, he, he like this 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 Philly defense, the, this Philly defensive line. He's scrambling. He gets out of the pocket. 26-yard scamper. Like and he really used he utilized his legs a lot. He utilized he utilized his both quarterbacks did. Both quarterbacks utilized their wet their legs really, really well. That's the defining moment, though. That 26-yard scramble to set up the Chiefs in the end zone, in the red zone for in that final drive. That's the defining moment. And like I tell you, Michael Jordan. Every single NBA Finals, there is a standout moment. Whether, hey, it's 91 versus the Lakers, game two, fakes it like he's going to dunk, and then he does the crazy, miraculous layup. It could be a 92 where he statistically, that's probably the greatest NBA Finals ever from any player where he's averaging 41 points per game on great shooting splits. Or you can even pick out that 54-point game performance in 92 in the 92 or and that's the 93 finals. In the 92 in the 92 finals, you have the first half where he hits six threes and he just does the shrug, he does the shrug. He like, I don't know what's going on. That's the 92 finals. 93 finals, excuse me, is the finals where I think it's probably the most, it's probably like one of the better like statistical finals finals ever for an offensive player. He averaged 41 points per game. Great shooting splits, great from three, like literally, like offensively at his peak. Or you can talk talk about the fifty four point performance in the ninety three finals, 
so forth. You get the gist. 96, I, like 97, flu game, 98, the shot. Like every single finals, there's a standout moment. There's a standout moment. In every single big-time game, Patrick Mahomes shows up. And like I said, it's not the matter of if he's going to show up. It's just a matter of like, hey, are the Chiefs going to win or they're going to lose? Michael Jordan showed up every big time game. It was just a matter of like, hey, are the Bulls going to win or the Bulls going to win or lose? But we know Michael Jordan's going to show up. And and in 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 terms of the NBA Finals, the Bills the the Bulls win. <laughs> And at this point, Patrick Mahomes, more times than not, if it ain't too much going up against him, if he doesn't have just like, it's just like that Tampa Bay Super Bowl is just like, okay, like the pre, like crazy offense, makeshift offensive line versus that defensive line, like, okay. If his, if, if the, if the, if the, if the, if the odds isn't too stacked against him, if it ain't too stacked, more times than not, he'll probably win. That's Patrick Mahomes. That's his first five years. We're witnessing something great right here. We're we're in the midst of his greatness, and he's only a third. He's like he's only a third. He's only a third like way past his career. Like he's th- he's a third into his career. It's it's completely re- remarkable and and just re- like completely remarkable. So yeah, um, what what more takeaways from the Super Bowl? Um, we talked about Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid's greatness. I will say this: the second half adjustments from Kansas City, um, where Eric Bennett, like Eric Bieniemy, did a great job in the red zone. Um, both both uh Eric B and Andy Reid. The mere fact that they had two red zone walk-in touchdowns, wide open, wide ass open, it really showed you that they they watch film study. I was looking at um earlier this year, this season, the Jacksonville Jaguars utilized that same motion. Well, who coaches the who who coaches the Jacksonville Jaguars? Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson comes from he's he comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree. So you see the short motion that was being utilized by Kansas City. And we all, and I, I guess as, as a tendency, and this goes to show you the X's and O's in the film study that is being done by Andy Reid and Eric Bermini and in that in that Chiefs coaching staff. They knew the Philly, the, the Eagles' tendency in terms of man coverage and covering motion and short motion. They bit, they bit, they bite, they they play overzealous. The lack of communication was clearly, clearly apparent, and it was just so easy. And you're like, you don't see guys that open in the NFL, let alone the Super Bowl. So that was a big-time tendency breaker or a big-time tendency pick. You know, the, the mere fact that they were able to pick that apart they absolutely lit up the Eagles' defense just based off of just simple, just building packages off of simple motions. Like the Kadarius Tony touchdown, the Sky Moore touchdown, they put them, they look really, really identical 
it is short motion, in, out, boom, wide open every time. Every time. And the lesson is is this. I always, throughout the regular season, when Kansas City is coming off a bye, I always talk about how Andy Reid is one of the best coaches record-wise um, off of bye weeks. And that's because you give him two weeks to prepare. You give him two weeks to prepare, pick apart film, they're going to find tendencies. They're going to find things that they can expose. And if you're facing Kansas City coming off a bye, erase your tendencies. Be, or, or they will be exposed and you will get picked apart. Simple as that. You will get picked apart. You can go back and I, you know, myself, I had to, that's why I said, I'm a, I can't wait to dive into it more because, boy, it is, it is something to behold. But the way, the manner and the domination of the Chiefs offense, they put up 31 points in 23 minutes, 24 minutes. The domination that you saw versus a really good Philly defense. First, as I said, Philly on the flip side, I thought Philly, they didn't they didn't have too many challenges this year. You look at the offenses, you look at the mediocre quarterback play, you look at the you like you look at some of the some of the just the things that would like their playoff run. Like Philly didn't have too many challenges and tests. This was the biggest one yet. And Andy Reid and Eric Bamey, that Chiefs coaching staff offensively, did a hell of a job. A hell of a job. With first picking apart Philadelphia's man defense in their secondary, their secondary was really good this year. We talk a lot of people talk about the defensive line of Philadelphia, but the secondary was excellent this year. But they picked apart and they found tendencies when they in man coverage and cover in motion. They have a hard time communicating. They get overzealous. They bite on plays, and that's what you saw. That's what you saw in those two red zone scores in particular. So. It was a great Super Bowl. It's these last few Super Bowls have been like I remember I know that um just looking back at Super Bowl history, like a little bit throughout the eighties and the nineties, they they had a tendency of being like blowouts, but we've we've gotten two back to back really, really close called Super Bowls. The Super Bowl this year was really, really good. Rihanna I, a lot of people thought Rihanna didn't do too well performing. I thought she did well. Uh, you know, I that's neither here or me. I don't really care about the Super Bowl performance. I was a little interested because I like Rihanna and Rihanna. You know, I like and this is like this is like the first time that she's really doing anything music wise, musically in a long time. So I was, you know, I had some built up excitement for the halftime performance. But people were talking about ah, she didn't do as well because she was stationary, but obviously she was pregnant. As you saw, as you saw the bump, but you know that's not for me to judge. <laughs> that's that's not for me to judge about Rihanna and so forth. But I, I, my takeaway, I thought she did pretty. I thought she did good given the circumstances. Anything was the, like the greatest Rihanna show. I didn't think it was the greatest Super Bowl halftime performance, but I don't think it was bad. I know I, I have been hearing seeing people's oh this is bad. This is like I don't think it was bad. I think she was stationary, but. I thought the stage presence, I thought the, you know, the choreography, you know, I thought it was all on point. So, but like I said, that's not for me to judge. That's for the casual, you know, viewers that tune in, that tune into the Super Bowl for the halftime show. So, yeah, but um, I would still watch the Super Bowl if they didn't have a halftime show. <laughs> but um, I think this is going to, I think I'm going to come to a close. This is my Super Bowl recap. Uh, I will be back really, really soon. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Without further ado. I let you guys go. Peace, deuces. Always remember two choices, one decision. I will be back. 
real real soon i'm gonna try to give you guys two episodes um this this upcoming week uh like i said i'm gonna gonna try to break down the nba since we're at the halfway point it's all-star weekend this weekend so should enjoy that but i'll be back with you guys stay in touch uh thank you for always supporting greatly appreciate it deuce pieces i'm out